It's Thursday, October 3rd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and I am joined in studio by Motley Fool analyst Jason Moser. Jason, it is just you and me. How you feeling? Just the two of us. I'm feeling all right about that, though. Just the two of us. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk some Uber. They're launching a new app, a, a new business, <laughs> because, well, the current business there's some problems you it's may not, have heard. Not quite getting it done. Not quite getting it done. We'll talk about that. And we're also going to talk about a company in terms of not getting it done. I, I'm going to say this company may have a marijuana problem. Ooh, I like what you did there. Got you curious? Yeah, there you go. But we begin with Pepsi. Shares of Pepsi up around 3% on stronger than expected earnings. Jason, among the highlights here, Frito Lay North America. And this isn't just about Cheetos and Doritos and, of course, Fritos, but they're having a lot of success with healthier options. Sure. I mean, I think anytime you have a business that has done such a good job through the years of catering to a specific audience, when that audience starts changing its tastes, and 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 it is as we've seen, as people are focusing a little bit more on uh, eating a little bit better for them, um, you know, you have the ability to go in and then test and try new things. And so, Frito Lay and Quaker have always been strengths of this business. I think it's worth remembering always that diversity really is Pepsi's biggest strength. I mean, it's not just a soda company, and the efforts to branch out beyond just soda uh, clearly are paying off. Uh, the the organic revenue growth for the company of 4.3%. Last quarter, they had set the expectation of 4% growth overall for the year. They did something pretty clever in the release here today. I thought last last quarter they said you know they they expect to to meet that 4% number. This quarter they said they expect to meet or even exceed it. And so they didn't really change much. I mean the guidance is still the same. They just verbalized the possibility that they could beat it. So I mean a little bit of clever earnings language on management's part I guess. Uh but but I mean it's it's you go back to Pepsi um, as we said, the diversification in the business are really working out. It's a dividend aristocrat. They they have a nice, healthy yield that will continue to grow given uh, that aristocrat status. Uh, fiscal strength that yield should continue to get better. I mean, I do think that this is a company for income investors. They should they should almost perpetually keep on their radar. Now, here's one thing that surprised me about the earnings, though. Pepsi owns a 50% stake of Sabra, and there is a double-digit sales decline of Sabra hummus. And guacamole dips. What is going on there? Well, better Sabra than Sabre, right? Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, wait, is it Sabre? Sabre, Sabre? Yeah. yeah. You office fans know what we're talking about. Okay, I got you. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was a little slow there. That's yeah, Sabre okay. travel. No, I, 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 that is a little, little weird. I'm not a hummus guy. I'm more of a guacamole guy. Yeah. But I like making my own guacamole, Mac. I mean, guacamole is one of those things that's it's very personal. So people do like to make their own guacamole, have it fresh. I mean, I, I don't think you, you need to concern yourself maybe so much with that. The one thing that I go to every quarter with Pepsi. Is the in in the earnings call try to figure out what is going on with SodaStream because if you remember they acquired SodaStream shortly before Indra Nui decided to go ahead and step down. Uh, We've not seen a lot on SodaStream's performance since then. Nothing concrete. They talk about how it's it's doing better than the business case that they made for the acquisition. Globally, it seems to be doing well. Domestically, there's still challenges. And I mean, all of those things were still very true when SodaStream was just its own standalone business. So there's not a lot of light being shed on what they're doing with SodaStream at this point. 
other than I do think it is a good mechanism for them to communicate their efforts to battle uh, excessive waste, or I guess waste is excessive really by its nature, but but battling you know plastics, plastic bottles, plastic waste, whatnot. Um, and so we will consider we will continue to see them. I think centering that SodaStream message around the waste side, uh, maybe one day we get a better idea as to some of the economics of that business and how it's working out for Pepsi. I, I, I'm still a little bit skeptical of that acquisition. I think down the road we'll see them write a decent chunk of that off and probably not center the calls around it so much, just because it just didn't seem like it was the strongest business from from the get go anyway. But it is again just one piece of the greater business, and that is a good thing. Okay, let's bring it back to the stocks here. Pepsi shares have outperformed Coke. That surprised me over the past one, five, and ten years. Do you expect that to still be the case going forward? You know, I mean, until we see Coca-Cola make some real tangible progress beyond just the beverage market, I I don't see why Pepsi should underperform Coca-Cola. And I mean, this is coming from. Let's be very clear. I'm a Coca-Cola guy. So, given the choice, you're drinking a Coke over Pepsi. I'm taking a Coke over Pepsi ten times out of ten, one hundred times out of one hundred. But. It is, you know, it goes back to the diversification of the business itself. I mean, Pepsi has performed well because they can lean on a few more things as we see the headwinds in the soda market continue to build up. Uh, I mean, you know, we always talk about when we when we look at these businesses that we analyze here at the Fool um, from a competitive landscape. Who's the Pepsi to their Coke? And I was always. Kind of saying, okay, who's the Pepsi? Who's the second? Who's the closest competitor? I mean, it's time we probably flip that thing on its head and start saying, who's the Coke to their Pepsi? I like because that. Pepsi is clearly the winner here over the last five and ten years from a stock perspective. I think we should also ask, who's the RC Cola? Because I always feel like RC Cola <laughs> yeah. never got enough respect. You know, man. Did you ever drink RC? Oh yeah, dude. When we went, I mean, that takes me really far back to my childhood. Where, where did it go wrong for RC? Because I had a friend who insisted that RC was better. Than Coke or Pepsi, but I felt like they just didn't have good marketing. Or what? What happened with RC Cola? Probably didn't market it very well because I tell you, they had a partnership locked up there that really could have taken this thing uh, all the way. I mean, we're talking about you know RC and a Moon Pie, right? I mean, oh, you remember Moon Pies? Wow. Everybody remembers. That was moon the name pies. of your first band, right? <laughs> RC and a Moon Pie. <laughs> I had a buddy, a buddy in the golf business back in the day. His name is RC, and one of the members at the club always called him Moon Pie because his name was RC. <laughs> That's <laughs> walking to the golf shop, say, "Moon Pie, what's up?" I want to bring in our producer, Austin Morgan. Austin, how do you come down on RC Cola versus Coke versus Pepsi? I'm definitely a Coke guy, 100. percent Okay. okay. But the only the only Pepsi guy I've ever known is my dad. He's a Pepsi guy. Is that right, through and through? Through and through. Okay. How about Dr Pepper versus Mr Pibb? I hate both of them. Really? Oh, Mm. when Mr. Pibb came out, I remember as a kid, when Mr. (laughs) Pibb came out, it was second only to the moon landing for me. (laughs) You know, and it was a close second. It was a really, really big deal. And now I look back on that and I don't know. I mean, I, I, I do like Mr. Pibb and I think I like it more than Dr. Pepper. But I think I was just like seduced also. I'm not sure. I think the name is so strong. It's a very strong name. I like it more than uh, Dr. Pepper. I mean, when I think back to my childhood, it was always about Mr. Pibb and Mellow Yellow, right? Mellow Yellow. Yeah. Oh, you're going Mellow Yellow over Mountain Dew? Uh, yeah, yeah, every time. Austin, every what about time. you? 
I'm Mountain Dew over Melio. Okay. Now, I mean, for me, the Mr. Pibb and Dr. Pepper thing is almost irrelevant because root beer takes precedence over all of them. Oh, agreed. A a cold root beer in like a frosted glass. I mean, you know, come on. Oh, yeah. RC and the Moon Pies. (laughs) The title track was great on that album. Um, okay, a rough day for Constellation uh, Brands. Um, Constellation Brands, a rough, rough day. Their brands include Corona and Modelo Beers. Shares down 6% on earnings, Jason. And this isn't an alcohol problem. This appears to be a marijuana problem. Constellation's investment in Canopy Growth, which is a Canadian marijuana company, that investment not going too well. Not going well as of now. You're right. It's just really is a tale of two companies. And and I mean, when we look at Constellation itself, Constellation is doing very well. Beer is moving. They're pushing into this premium premiumization strategy uh, in regard to wine and spirits. Uh, cannabis not doing so well right now. And we'll get to that. But let's focus on the good news first. Uh, the core business beer sales rose seven percent from a year ago. Uh, to 1.64 billion wine and spirit sales, they they're witnessing a little bit uh, a little bit of a uh, a turn there towards the worse. Uh, those sales were down, but again, we also have to remember uh, they're they're in the midst of a little bit of a strategy change there in regard to their wine and spirits uh, portfolio. Uh, but going back to beer depletions grew 6.2 percent with Modelo leading the way. And I think again, when we talk about Constellation, it's good to remember they have this portfolio of different beer offerings from Corona to Modelo to even Ballast Point. Um, it did. It was noteworthy. I thought for the full year they affirmed expectations for beer for beer sales to rise uh, seven to nine percent in in 2020. But it is pulling back on that wine and spirits guidance for now, and that that could be a little bit of of a of a headwind on shares. But as you mentioned, really most of this trouble today stems from this investment in Canopy. Uh, stems and I mean, from this investment. <laughs> well, I see what yeah, you did there. <laughs> we could throw all sorts of puns out there. Uh, but I, I do think. I mean, to me, this is like if if you or I go out and buy a stock, and then a quarter or two later, that stock is down twenty or thirty or maybe even forty percent. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad idea and that it's not going to work out. Okay, it does mean that you've run into short-term headwinds and perhaps there was something you didn't see. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the long-term investment case is busto. Marijuana in general, the cannabis investing market right now is in it's in a bit of a state of flux. I mean, they're running into some headwinds just to, I think, demand is maybe not as robust as was initially anticipated. Future, future low hazy, <laughs> a little bit, a little hazy. Uh, but but I mean, it is it is also one where we're seeing the, the legislative landscape changing so much, and it still needs to change a lot for this full market opportunity to really be realized. I would be worried. Right now, about anything involving cannabis, just because of the crackdown on vaping. Vaping, yeah. it feels like relatively overnight, vaping has gone from being, you know, tolerated, if not embraced, to potentially, you know, just. It could be gone in a month or two. Uh, yeah, I, I do think. I think you're right. I mean, I think we, we've hit a point now where vaping could. This could be something that vaping could never recover from. Um, and that you know, I mean, it sounds like that's probably a good thing. Now, the the, the fortunate part there is that. As it pertains to Canopy and and a lot of these companies that are going to be really successful in the cannabis market, it is beyond just vaping and smoking. I mean, there there's an entire edibles market, and, and obviously Constellation investing in it more for the beverage opportunities there. And we've even seen uh, Boston Beer, for example, management last quarter talking about they will definitely be dipping a toe in, into these waters in regard to, to beverage opportunities. I think 
it, it's all a matter of of intake. It's it's figuring out a way to intake it so that it's not hurting you. It's not it's not a health risk. And and vaping, it's becoming clear, is a health risk. Uh, whereas consumables, edibles, drinkables, and whatnot, not that might not necessarily be the case. Um, so again, short term headwinds. I don't know that I would say that's a problem for the cannabis market longer term. But it, it does make you wonder when we go back to leadership talking about Pepsi. Talking about uh, Constellation here, if if you look back to Constellation's initial investment in Canopy, it, this was back when Rob Sands was CEO of Constellation. Rob Sands was the CEO behind that investment, and then he <laughs> then he promptly stepped down from his position at Constellation, <laughs> and so now you've got CEO Bill Newlands in there, and you, you have to at least wonder. How Bill is looking at this canopy investment? If if he would have made that investment, I guess is what I'm wondering. I'm not entirely sure he would have, but maybe he would have. I don't know. I mean, he's been a little bit more critical. I think he's been a little bit more of an impetus for change there at Canopy. And and, and I look at Pepsi the same way. Indra Nooyi made that SodaStream acquisition and then and then left, <laughs> and it was not very clear as to how they were going to monetize it. And so now, Mr. Laguarda, the CEO of, of Pepsi, I, I wonder behind closed doors. How he really feels about that acquisition today, given that the path to monetization isn't as clear, it just kind of goes to show you what goes on behind the doors, uh, closed doors with, with leadership and leadership changes. Well, let's close out with Uber. Uber is launching a new app, Uber Works, that will pair businesses with temporary workers. So, Jason Uber looking for some additional revenue. Now, just to review, the state of Uber, and it's not a pretty state right now. <laughs> Uber, Uber, not profitable. They IPO'd in May at around forty-five bucks a share. Today, stock trading south of thirty dollars a share. So, what does Uber works and this new app? What do you think it means for investors? Well, on the surface, I think it, it's pretty easy for us to make a little fun of this, perhaps dismiss it as not core to what they do, and, and you're kind of wondering, well, I don't think it's going to really matter, but. I mean, if you think about it, really, everything that we talked about on these shows when it comes to Uber, I mean, this really is exactly what we're looking for them to do. Right. I mean, we're figuring out, we're trying to, we want them to figure out ways to leverage this massive network of users and monetize it. So, uh, this is another, to me, probably a fairly small bet on their part to try to figure out if there's a real opportunity yesterday, uh, or I mean, if there's a real opportunity for this. But I, you know, I was listening. To yesterday's market foolery, and yes, Mac. When I'm not on market foolery, I love to listen. To I market appreciate foolery. that. And so I was listening to you, in in talking about crypto and, and with Emily and Andy, and it was neat because there was that that uh, mention from Aaron Bush about Facebook, where he said Facebook's scale is its superpower, but its brand is its is its kryptonite. Yep. And and I actually I blew the line. I uh, asked Aaron afterwards. I know. Sorry. This is going to kill your up. point. I know. But but it's he not, actually it's not, he said but, their reputation. He actually said. Scale is their superpower. Their reputation is their kryptonite. Okay, that's similar. That's okay. close enough okay, because good, I do good. feel I feel uh, somewhat the same way with Uber. I mean, I feel like their their scale is really their superpower. I mean, that's they they can do a lot with with that big massive user base. I mean, you're talking about a hundred million uh, folks logging into that app and using their services the last quarter. They have a they have a brand. They have a reputation issue. They're still trying to recover from, right? I mean, yeah. there was a big culture issue from the from the yep. days of Travis, and and I think that that they're making they're making progress towards fixing that, but but it is not there yet. And so you wonder with something like Uber, I mean, is this something that they can? Is this something they can do well? Is this something where their brand helps or hurts them? 
I mean, when you think about what they're trying to do, helping employ people through not only driving but helping you find a job with anything, is that do you do you, do you feel like Uber is going to be a trustworthy source there, a trustworthy uh, place to go? And that's probably one of the biggest hurdles they need to clear. And and I, I would imagine they're going to work very hard. To, to to build that trust, but but that's the big question I think that we have to answer. Well, let's let's speaking of questions, let's put this question out to our listeners: What will be Uber's next line of business? You've got Uber Eats, now you have Uber Works. What will be next? Marketfoolery at fool If you have an idea. Do you have an idea? What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, you've got Uber Eats, you've got Uber Works, you've got their freight and logistics, you've got the alternate forms of transportation like scooters and whatnot. Um, I mean, this is investing, right? Let's see around the corner. Let's make a prediction as to what the next app is, because you have to figure there's going to be one. So I've got an idea. Okay. Okay. I've got an idea too. Let's In see. line with the sin stock, you know, theme we've got going here with alcohol and marijuana and everything. And I'm just kidding, sin stock. I don't really care about that stuff. <laughs> um, but hey, listen, sports betting is coming online here. It's it's something that has taken the world by storm. Perhaps there is a crowdsource. Uh, type of, of benefit that could exist there. Go on Uber, get your ride, place a bet. Uber maybe bets. They, maybe they throw a little video streaming in there. So while you're in your Uber, you're placing bets wow. and watching the game. I don't know. Uber bets. Good work. You're thinking much bigger. I was thinking Uber pets. Like oh if you need like you know a pet sitter or someone to come walk your dogs, I know there are plenty of services like that. But you know if you're an Uber driver and you're in between, you know picking someone up, and you know. You can come let my dog out, you know? Mac. I'm not lying to you. That was one of my first thoughts. Okay. Was Uber pets? Okay, Uber bets, pet sitting, or Uber pet pets. walking. But you know, it all came back to: Do I really trust just any Uber driver to come by my house, unlock the door, and then start walking my dog? I mean, I just there was, I there was, there was a that was the brand, the reputation hurdle I couldn't quite overcome there. Whereas I thought with betting, maybe there's a little bit of less risk there. I haven't worked out the details. <laughs> there may we'll, be some problems. We'll couple up after the show here and start hammering out some ideas. Okay, well, Jason, thanks for joining me. Thank you. As always, people on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.